and I was a bit like dreaming about having this chance and being selected for long distance because this year I'm feeling like in quite good physical shape and if there is some long distance terrain in which I should start to be running in this international level, this sandstones in Czech, it can be really good. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Run-In, sponsored by Envy and Straight Compasses. Today we've got a really exciting episode. It's our World Champs preview. It's being held in the Czech Republic, so we have got one of the Czech team uh, chatting to us, a member of the team who's kind of been running as a senior since about 2017, but she's actually only a, only a second year senior. She has been uh, fantastic competing for the Czech team, so we'll have a chat to uh, Teresa Janoshikova later on in the podcast but first of all will let's kind of have a dive into the 65 page final details or bulletin four as it's kind of known um internationally to find out what's going on when it's going on and kind of who we should be looking out for um i feel like i need to make a disclaimer the start uh, and be very transparent i do sometimes get i do often get the maps beforehand i haven't seen the maps yet i will have to sign a non-disclosure agreement in order to get the maps in advance but i haven't done that yet we're recording this um a few days before the world champ starts so i'm in the same position as everybody else even though i'm going to be commentating from home actually on the championships um but will where do we start we start off with a sprint, mm, sprint um, on yeah. the saturday straight into it qualifier and final on the same day Yes, and quite a cool one as well. The final being around an old military uh, star fort. So incredibly technical um, passageways, tunnels, escarpments, all of this kind of thing, multi-level structures, um, which I've warned about quite a lot in the, in the bulletin. Uh, 45% of grass, 55% on um, tarmac and paved surfaces. So if it, especially if it rains, it's going to be really quite an interesting one because there's quite steep banks in the fortresses as well. So... Um, and a lot of artificial barriers by the sounds of it that they're going mm. to put in. So it could be incredibly technical. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for this one, to be honest. I think this looks like one of, I mean, all I don't know, all of them look like really great races. But to start <laughs> off with this and this fort with these high walls, there's like a very kind of flat, um, kind of big square blocks town kind of in the middle of, of the, on the top of the fort, which is going to give a nice bit of contrast as well. And yeah, I've been seeing a lot of the teams kind of training in castles like in France and stuff and trying to get all these different levels um, and wrap their heads around that. And it looks amazing. So we've got our sprint qualifier on the Saturday from, and I've translated all, all these into UK times from about 8am to 9.30. It's the top 15 to qualify. So that is what you need to look out for on that. Three heats. 15 of the, yeah, three heats. And then the final will be uh, about half past one to kind of just after four o'clock also on that Saturday. So there's a bit of a turnaround. And Will, who are we looking kind of at? Who, who are our favourites, do you think? Um, I'd say in the, if you go for the men first, I think their final is first in the day and then the women's comes after them. Um, I'd probably go for the same people who are doing well in the uh, European champs, to be honest. You know, Matthias mm-hmm. Kibbert, Jerry Hadorn. Um, I think people, the Czechs will obviously do very well. They've been prepping mm-hmm. for this for a long time. So people like Wojtek, Wojtek Kral, who's um, multiple World Cup winner over the last couple of years. Um, some of the outliers from minor countries, you've got Yannick Michels, who um, got a medal at European Champs as well. Mm-hmm. Tim Robertson from New Zealand hasn't been running so well uh, recently. No, I think recently. he's had some calf injuries and calf problems. Um and then the Brits as well, I think have probably got a pretty good shot, I'd say. It's mm-hmm. uh, um, probably, I don't, I don't know if it suits us or not really, but because we don't have too much stuff similar to this in the UK, but it's such a unique terrain anyway that it probably doesn't suit anyone. It's not a classic you know, European hilltop town or a university no. campus or a city centre. So I'd say we've got just as good a shot as any. Yeah, I'd agree. And then um, on the women's side, uh, Maya Alm is actually down to race this sprint mm, race, um, yeah. having um, she kind of tried and then didn't get to the Olympics. Um, she, I know she's had a concussion um, and she's been um, not training for quite a long time, hence not going to any of the European champs. And she had declared her intentions to be running the long and the relay. So I, but I think this um, injury has really 
affected those races that she's going to run so um from the selections uh, on the danish federation just looks like she's running the sprint and of course she's injury you know she's still going to be a favorite whenever she starts of course tover alexanderson is going to be a favorite for all of these races eleanor ross simona abasold um Teresa Yansikova. Teresa yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they, I mean, all the kind of those names. Um, watch out, I mean, in all the races she's entered for the ju- young, in fact, she is a junior, um, Swede, Hannah Lundberg, who's um, just yeah. really burst onto the, the scene this season. So really watch out for her. And I'd probably say Andrina Benjaminson from Norway as well. She got yes. a medal at Europeans. She'd be a good one. Yeah, she yeah she's really good and it really the 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 Swiss and the Swedish teams haven't really tended to specialise that much but a lot of the other nations really now have started to specialise in yeah. either forest or sprint so particularly like the Norwegians and the Finns and there's a lot of like youngsters coming through from those kind of nations who are really specialising in the sprint and could could do really well we will have to wait and see then on the sunday we've got this sprint relay it starts about 20 past 5 uk time in doxy it's kind of a town it's kind of i don't know it's it's got a few different bits a few kind of um apartment building bits a few kind of steeper slopes by the river a few kind of wider streets a few narrower streets not a whole load of cut throughs in those particular bits so i think it's kind of uh, there's a bit of forest on the old map, but there's a, yeah. it's a bit of kind of a bit of a few different kind of things, but not again. I'd say we're not not super special. It's actually quite generic. Yeah, um, it, say, it reminds me a bit of Walk 2018 in Latvia, kind of just relatively standard um, Eastern European town. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yep. it's very simple <laughs> to describe it, but I can't really describe it in any other way. Uh, I'd love them for them to go into the forest. I always think having a forest section oh. sprinted, throw it wide open. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that I think that would be amazing. great. Uh, and I think it's going to be the same as Europeans, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's going to be Switzerland or Switzerland yep. or Sweden. Yeah. No, even but with my around really coming hope... back for the Danes. Yeah. But then I think there could be a really good shout for, you know, for third place. Third place, I think, is always up for grabs between Norway, Czech Republic. If my arm is running it, then you'd put Denmark in there. And of course, the Brits as well. You know, there are Switzerland and Sweden are so far ahead of the rest, really, in terms of the recent sprint relay performances. But there is that third medal up for grabs and that. That is always the interesting one for me. Third to seventh is open. Anyone (laughs) can get that medal. It yeah. really is. So then we have um, a rest day, well-needed rest day before Tuesday. Again, there's two races on one day. We start with the middle qualifier from uh, start to 8 a.m. UK time. Again, it's the top 15 to qualify, plus kind of a few extras to make it up to a maximum of 60 going through to the final. So there's a few... So, for example, people who could get advanced who are not in the top 15 are if there's like a tie for 15th place or if it's a nation where no athlete has qualified and they're within um, a, an allowed time. I think it's within another 100 percent of the of the time. So, um, yeah, that's that's what's going to make it through. And then the final will be just before uh, five o'clock to about seven o'clock. Uh, and this is kind of it looks they're looking at the old map it just looks like one massive hill or a couple of massive hills with with lots of rock detail but mostly kind of boulders rather than these limestone cliffs which we'll see in in the in the other forest races yeah it's gonna be brutal it's gonna be absolutely <laughs> brutal so the first race for the uh for the women they've got around three and a half kilometers with 200 meters climb Ooh. only 12 controls for, Ooh, for their qualifier and then the men have got 4k 255 meters of climb to 265 with 16 controls so expected win time 25 minutes that and you can't risk not qualifying because as mm-hmm. we saw at the european champs people who went slower in the knockout didn't get through mm-hmm. like gustav bergman mm-hmm. in the men's and if people are going to be on it they're going to have to absolutely blitz it blitz it but they're going to suffer for the rest of the day. And it's really going to be, I think the final will definitely be who can recover the best mm-hmm. and who can deal with, with the climb and get beaten up and holding it together mentally. Because as you say, it's incredibly technical in the rocks and the slopes and 
it reminds me a bit of Jaywalking 2013 that I didn't. It's just once you lose it, it's gone. Oh, and you yeah. time shift. You've got to be so accurate on your compass because otherwise you're just kind of wandering around in circles looking for a boulder and exactly. boulders. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I can see the Czechs doing very well. You know, from our conversation with Milos Nikodin mm-hmm. back in kind of February sort of time when he was saying that uh, he understands this forest, he knows it. That's mm-hmm. it, that kind of local <laughs> advantage could be really good. Yeah, but everyone spends so much time on the terrain there now that. Um, I think it's just come down to someone who's super strong, like Casper Fosser in the men's and Tove mm-hmm. in the women's. Just someone who's a beast. Yeah, I totally agree. I think in in some way the Czech terrain's a leveler, but I think, um, and I think and Teresa Janosikova is going to mention this, actually like having looked at all the test races, even with the Czechs in there, it's still the same faces that are doing really, mm. really well in it. Yeah. So it, it's still those from Scandinavia and from Switzerland that are like, the ones that we'd all expect, like Kasper Fosser, um, like um, Matthias Gibberts, like, yeah, Tova, that are just, they're just proving that they're great orienteers because they can do it on all of the terrains. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe it'll be a bit more of a leveller further down the results list, um, potentially. But I think for those ones who are aiming for medals, I think it's still going to be those same names but with potentially a few of the few of those younger juniors who we you know we didn't get a chance to see last season because there weren't any races coming through to to do really well yeah um and then we have another rest day which i'm sure everybody who gets through to the middle final will be very happy about and we move to thursday for the relays the women starts about 20 past three and the men starts 25 past and this is where we start to get into this really really specialized this very this sandstone these massive cliffs uh, loads of re-entrance yeah. all gonna have to do some big kind of route choices to go around oh it's gonna i think it's gonna be very very exciting so yeah relay who who's who's gonna do well wow. in this relay i think we could see some quite interesting mistakes as people people are maybe I don't know, they're used to practicing these big, big route choices, but, but with this pressure and with everybody else running around them, I think it could be quite interesting. Mm, definitely. So, so the courses are interestingly shorter than the middle list's final, but have more climb. Ooh. So it's going to be harder than the middle list's final. Um, so it's going to be, they're going to have to be super strong. But like you say, it's going to be one where is the control tucked in somewhere? You miss it slightly, mm-hmm. you start to panic, you see the other train running across the valley below you you panic even more can you keep your head with that too like you said with the route choices mm-hmm. do you have the guts to go i'm not, i'm not i know that's not a fast route choice i'm going to mm-hmm. back myself and go around and split from the pack which i think you could get some people just hammering it round on their own or, or straight and splitting from the pack in quite risky choices especially late on in the relays so yes i can see everyone staying together for the, for the first like leg and a half and then people are going to yeah. want to take more risks on the third leg because especially if they feel like they're they're suffering on the hills yeah agreed and it, yeah I, I don't know i don't know who to pick to be honest with this <laughs> one. i can't but for either of them i'm not sure because it's just just going to be some huge mistakes like you say i just can't predict who's i'm going to i really checks. hope I'm there's go some good... to win in the men's nah nah i think you're being far too there's the norwegians or the swiss the swedes aren't quite as good in the men's side as they have been uh not the Finns. not the Finns. no the brits the brits go without question the brits go yeah without of course question, we're back know. in the brits for everything okay yeah <laughs> yeah um I don't know. I think it's it's very specialised. I think we'll have to see and maybe, although we're not going to see, well, maybe we'll see how people can can cope with these hills and things on on the middle distance and then have to Mm. kind of reassess when I I make my predictions in the commentary box because I'm sure I'll be forced (laughs) to do that. Um, And women, yeah, women's side of things, I think it's, you know, the same... Yeah, the Swiss, yeah, the Swedes, um, the Norwegians, yeah, the Czechs as well, I guess. Um, if Maya does save herself with the relay and doesn't do the other things, then having a fresh pair of legs after a double day for the middle distance and a double day for the sprint and then the sprint relay, that could be good. That could be good. I think we will... Last time I looked, the Danes had selected their individuals, but not their relay runners. Interesting, um, okay. 
um but they may have done so by the time this goes out so um and you could bring in relay specialists like norway and sweden have done for the last two years as well Mm -hmm. i said last two years in 2019 yeah. <laughs> um, where I think they brought in people only for the relay, like uh, Johan Runesson for Sweden. Yeah. So that yeah. could be an option too. And you've just got someone only focusing on uh, forkings for the relay. So, Well, yeah. we will see. I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, finally, the Friday is the long distance from about kind of about 12 to 7. Uh, big, big long start list. Um, and long day in quarantine. It's going to be, it is going to be a long day in quarantine. I'm not quite sure yet how much I'm broadcasting, um, but nevertheless it's still going to be a long day um and this i'm yeah i'm so excited to see what kind of a long distance um is planned here the map looks amazing it's kind of same same area as the relay and i think i think i want to i want to remind um us all of what milos nikodin was saying which is the best the fastest route choice on every single control is not necessarily going to lead you to winning it because the fastest route choice on on one control may make you so knackered out that you can't possibly do the fastest route choice on the next one. So you've really, it's really actually got to be about pacing yourself with the the massive amounts of climb. Have you got the the climb there, Will? Yeah, so women's course, 9.5K, 690 metres of climb, 21 controls. Expected wind time of 80 minutes. Men's course, 13.6K, 1,050 metres of climb and 29 controls. So topping oh over 1,000 my... metres of climb is quite rare in Ari Turinates anyway. Oh, I'll need to have it's a look and find if we've had, look back at previous walks and find out whether that might be the most, the ever. most climb we've ever had or, yeah. or, or second most or something. Like you never, you never quite know, but oh, okay. That's going to be and interesting. And some people are going to be so cooked from doing the middle and the relay that if someone's only doing the long, that is, I mean, that would be the preferred choice, right? You go into this as fresh as you possibly can. You don't want to be, have anything actually, in your legs. Quite a lot, quite a lot. Some people are only doing like a couple of races, but all the, I'd say all the really good ones um, do are doing probably about four out of the five days. Yeah. Um, that's what most, that's what um, Teresa Yanashikova is doing. That's what I think like, um that's Simone Abbasold is doing four if not five days um there's a few there's a few that are I don't none of the Brits are doing quite that much I think um no they're all much more individual one individual thing and then a relay yeah exactly so um I think yeah doing that full program is going to be really really tough you've really got to get that recovery in (laughs) and I think for this one we look at, I mean, obviously, Tova Alexanderson for the women's. Um, seeing if I'm Simona Abbasold, I'd love to see um, Simona try and get up there to um, be challenging Tova on any of these races. Yeah, uh, she was kind of doing that in 2019, really like almost there. Um, and then of course, the men's, we, we haven't talked yet about Olaf Lundanez, the Norwegian. Yeah, really sure. I don't think he's really been traveling that much this in the past year. I'm assuming he's going. I mean, I, yes, I think he is going, I but yes, um, but. Yeah, I mean, he's a king of king of long distance, but yeah. whether, you know, this terrain is very different to what we've seen um, in the last few world championships. So we'll see on that. I definitely think Casper Fosser is going to be absolutely aiming for the win, yeah. personally. Um, and he's going to be really, really keen to get that. And and then again, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of um, names we've already mentioned, I guess. Yeah. I think so. It just seems to be a revolving cast of characters, which are all that that level up on everyone else. And um, it's almost like we're a broken record, but they're, they're just so good over the last few years that it's hard to pick But I, anyone do, I do them. genuinely think there are some more people. You know, Casper Fosser, he's he's a new athlete. Simona Abbasol, they've not yeah. been there for, for that long. They've just been so great at Junior World Championships. We have heard about them for quite a long time. They're still very young athletes. So True. we will see. I'm personally really, really looking forward to commentating on the whole thing. I am yeah. so buzzing after you know a whole year out to be back at the World Championships. Even if oh. I'm not going to be there, it's just going to be so great. Absolutely. Uh, one actually, Frederick Tronchons. Uh, ah. He was doing very well in sky races uh, last year, so he could deal with that climb pretty well. I'd say he's a great runner. There you go. Very good Run shout. Knew that someone else again. All right, then it's time to move on to our main interview um, of the week. And a couple of days ago, we were chatting to Teresa Yanashikova. 
thanks very much um, for joining us on the Run-In podcast. And we're chatting to you on the Monday before the World Champs starts. We're only five days out from the start of walk. So I guess my first question is kind of, what are your emotions like right now? <laughs> so hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's just five days to go. And like, I'm super excited. And also, like, I need to admit that I'm starting to be a bit nervous. But I hope that it's just keeping in this good way like good nervosity because of course it's like world champs at home soil so this is something big and the truth is that yeah it's a uh, world champs is coming back to Czech after 13 years now and the time when it was here for the last time in Olomouc which is actually my hometown but this time in 2008 I haven't been involved to orienteering at all so I, I even didn't know about this event so I didn't even attend it. So all this like good atmospheres about everyone is like talking now that it was something so special. Like I, I, I don't have idea about it. So I'm really curious to see uh, which kind of experience it, it will bring this, this year. Mm, well, as us, you know, us Brits having had a world championships recently, we know that it's just like another level from a normal world championships. And like, and you, there were no uh, international like junior competitions um, in the Czech Republic, were there? Yeah, yeah, there, there was also a junior, um, yeah, junior world champs in 2013. But this is just a time around what I was starting to be in orienteering. So even this time, like I was still like small, small kid and I was like, and this junior champs, it was, um, yeah, like not a big, not a big um, kind of event in my mind that I need to attend it as a spectator and to be there. Like, I'm even not sure. Uh, I, I think, I, yeah, I had some another uh, plans over this summer, but I just know that uh, then late, later, a lot of friends, they attend this Chevak as a spectators. And of course, also some people like, that I know now they, they were participating as athletes, but yeah, still this time I was not, uh, I was not so much involved or entering, I would say. And yeah, like the truth is that then there was, uh, for example, World Cup 2018, which I already attended as an athlete. So it was really good. And the atmosphere was amazing around. And I'm, I like, I'm just uh, hearing more and more good feedback from the international athletes that they are really satisfied with uh, Czech organization of these big events so it's it's something really pleasing to hear and yeah I know I knew a lot of uh, organizers of world champs this time and uh, I knew that they are doing their best to make this this event um, unforgettable so I'm sure it will be good. <laughs> well unforgettable but even possible in the first place because uh, you know not being able to hold any world champs last year or even any events last year that's pretty exciting so what's the atmosphere like in the Czech Republic now I think I saw I saw you post a picture of like wok branded water bottles being sold in a store and it just looks like it's everywhere <laughs> like that's true yeah, yeah yeah exactly like uh but I would say that it was just some small destiny that uh actually I'm living uh, nowadays in the arena of work so maybe that that's why I I could just step by this uh water bottle with the sign of work <laughs> which maybe it will be present for the athletes I don't know exactly mm -hmm. uh so that's why but otherwise like I would say like still orienting it in Czech Republic, it's not the biggest sport. So, and you know, now European uh, football champs is going on. So mm -hmm. this is <laughs> for sure something, uh, something bigger. And just uh, yesterday we won a match uh, against Netherlands. So this, this is something that uh, the whole Czech Republic can be living for now. <laughs> so for sure it's not orienteering, but I would say that the, in the orienteering community, it's going on a good level and there is really good promo all around social media. So let's hope that all this uh, Czech orienteering community will come and cheer up for us. <laughs> well, yeah, you're allowed um, some spectators in the arenas, um, which was kind of announced a few weeks ago. So do you have any kind of family or friends coming to watch you? Yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, but the, yeah, yeah, there are spectators allowed, which is really cool. Like I think we have been really worrying how it will end up in the end. Because for sure, like uh, like yeah, past years, the organizers they were like hoping for more than five thousand in the arenas. But 
this was kind of sure that it will not be possible. So I think the having this special uh, restriction and um, have option to have 1000 in uh, terrazine and 2000 in the open area arenas or like in the forest, it's really, it's really good. And yeah, there is also my family coming and which uh, let's see uh, how it will be for them. I'm sure they will enjoy it, but I'm a bit um, sad that still we will be uh, staying in our bubble. So there will not be any chance for me to meet them after the race, for example, because there are my two small nieces also coming and the older one, she's eight and she's just planning to start orienteering. And she's already now just saying like, you know, Teresa, I will be better than you one day because I will start sooner than you because I'm just small now when you started when you were like 13, 14. So I will beat you soon, don't worry. So even though she's just eight, she's making this uh, fun of me and jokes. So she she's also coming to cheer me up, which will be really cool. But yeah, um, I will not have a chance to meet her after the race because of this bubble. But thanks to social, um, like phones, thanks to phones and everything, there will be still some connection. Yeah, that's really. Do your family get kind of nervous watching you? Ah, uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> I don't You're know. in the forest. You don't I know. Ask them. I should ask them. But yeah, like my my parents, they're really, um, yeah, like really uh, big fans of me. Uh, even though I was the f- first in our family who and, um, yeah, bring the orienteering into the family. Uh, but both my parents, they have started after me. So it's also good that at least, you know, they are not just the fans, but they are also like a bit understanding what orienteering is. Mm. <laughs> uh, but the rest of the family, there are also my two brothers coming. But for them, it will be just... Uh, yeah like attending some normal event but they don't know so much how everything <laughs> works <laughs> and Will from my friend Sorry. yeah from my friend there is a uh, yeah a lot of orienters in this czech community so let's see but as i said uh i can just see them by some distance but this uh, uh not allowed to hack anyone <laughs> it will no. be hard for me because I like this uh, uh, personal contact with people <laughs> and how's that how is the bubble working for the athletes then so yeah like- basically we should just stay in in the team uh to be honest yeah like I I, I have read all the COVID bulletin for it which is around 20 pages but I think I just remember the most important things about <laughs> like having PCR before what's the time and everything but I'm a bit like unsure how is it going with the mask in the quarantine. I think we will still have to have it, probably. But otherwise, we should just stay in in the team in this bubble. And also, mm. um, last last chance for the accreditation for some athletes. It's on Monday. And for example, there is uh, one guy from our Czech team. He's just running long distance, which is last race on Friday. But still, yeah, he needs to join us uh, the latest on Monday because of this bubble. So then after, uh, yeah, after this last uh, chance of accreditation, it will be probably hard to get someone in the team. So also in our Czech team, we have some uh, not traveling substitute. Uh, but in the end, it's changed into traveling one because uh, because of COVID and just in case something will happen it's mm. better to have uh, this person there so we are staying in the bubbles for us like by the teams but uh and not meeting anyone like I, I i'm sure there will be some also shopping rule that maybe just one person from the team is allowed to shop i think it can be pretty similar how it was during european champs in swiss i would say yeah do you find you struggle with that or is it become relatively easy now with having done yeah. europeans yeah yeah I, f- I think it's we are still pretty happy that something can happen so like <laughs> <laughs> uh this like just respect in all, all the rules which i set up it's i think it's su- super easy for us or like at least for me i don't want to talk for the others but i'm finding it that it's not a big deal like of course it's uh, it's a bit annoying sometimes that you have to be wearing the mask all the time and like think about it because, for example, in Czech, uh, currently we don't need to wear a mask outside. And 
some likes also in like inside it's still mandatory but you know not everyone is following it so even in some shop you are like uh, basically when I just enter some shops uh, so the seller she just look at me and uh, laugh to me like why, why I'm wearing this stupid mask that I should remove it <laughs> so I say all oh, right oh, fine so yeah like let's say that it's almost looks in Czech Republic that nothing is happening. So this like restrictions, it can look that it's maybe too much, but in the same time, I really understand that it's something important, which you have to set up for such a big international event. And it needs to be clear for everyone, even for spectators, which are allowed to the arenas with a special ticket, which they have to buy online before. And also then uh, declare it by a PCR antigen or vaccination. Mm, yeah that makes sense so you looks like you've got quite a packed schedule in the week I think so is it right that you've been selected for everything but the middle distance exactly yeah yep. um do you have a race that you're particularly looking forward to in those in those four um I'm looking for all the races <laughs> <laughs> like I like I would say that I'm really glad that um then it was not like last chance, but they decided to add the uh, sprint disciplines, mm, mm. which is something what uh, quite suits me, <laughs> I would say. And I'm super excited already about first race as a sprint in Terezin because this is such a um, unusual ter- terrain for us. Like we don't have anything like this big fortness in Czech Republic. There is just one small one, which was officially also uh, published as a open training arena. Mm-hmm. but it's just a small part and you cannot even simulate like running from this open arenas to the city because there it's not possible and it's not map in this like training arena so for me all the preparation for it was just done like yeah uh, like this theoretical one so it's a big challenge and then of course uh, also sprint relay like i think we have pretty good team we are trying to aim for medal every every year but uh, in the past three big international like championships or european championships we ended up four so it's always this just just behind the medal so it's also something what is a bit in the air and we will try to break it. <laughs> well, and yeah, in commentary, we always end up saying for the sprint relays, it's like it, at the moment it's Switzerland and Sweden at the top, but then there is a proper battle for third place. Yeah. And each time we're like, the Czechs are nearly there. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like this, exactly. Uh, and then another race for me, like forest relay. Uh, it's also like, I really like sandstones. It's pretty amazing. And I also would say that uh, uh, there, are, there are some good changes for us, but there will be, it will be mostly about like stay calm or the race and not make many mistakes. And then I'm also super, super excited about running long distance because it will be my first individual start at World Champs in the forest discipline. And I was a bit like dreaming about uh, having this chance and being selected for long distance because uh, I found out that uh, uh, this year I'm feeling like in quite good physical shape for it. And if there is some long distance uh, terrain in which I should start to be running in this international level. So I really felt that this sandstones in Czech, it can be really, really good and still like uh, I'm not aiming for like the biggest like the medal in long distance so I can also go there and just try to show my best and still it can be hopefully good result but yeah, yeah mostly like I'm really excited about like this stuff uh, 90 80 minutes <laughs> running <laughs> in uh, this super steep valleys <laughs> uh, it looks like it's going to be really good and you it feels like having, you know, commentated on you for, it feels like I've commentated on you for forever. You've been around on the scene for quite a long time, um, but you're still really young. I think, are you a second year senior now? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it with the COVID, it's hard to remember <laughs> which year. Yeah, but I'm 22. So yeah, it's officially second year of senior for me. Officially yeah. second year of senior, but you were competing in the senior team for quite a few years as a junior uh, and, com- you know, really competing really, really well on that on that senior circuit. And there's a lot of juniors who would make the decision to step up and do the senior team. And there's a lot of just juniors who are maybe good enough, but they decide not to 
compete in the senior team until they're actually a senior. So why did you, was it a decision you made with a coach that you wanted to be in a senior team to just kind of end up that way? Like, um, why, why is that a, a decision you made? I would say it just end up like this. Uh, also, maybe I was a bit like, I was a bit lucky that the time this few years ago, I would say like, yeah, now it's already four years ago because I have attended my first senior world champs in 2017 in Estonia. So this time I would say that it was maybe not the strongest period of the time when uh, there was enough of uh, good athletes in our team. So maybe that's why I've got this opportunity to attend some more international races. And I just remember that, uh, yeah, uh, I was still in, uh, yeah, like in category yeah, woman 18 and there was a Czech, Czech sprint champs. And uh, I just got a call like a few weeks before to sign up for the elite category. And I was like wondering why, why, why? And the coach just say, okay, just, no, just, just sign up and you will see, just try it to run and to compare with the rest of the girls in the Czech team. And I say, all right. And I tried it and like, yeah, uh, I ended up, uh, I took the bronze medal from this champs, but the truth that I was leading after really, really like technical, technical arenas. And then I made the like really stupid mistake, but it was not even mistake. I just saw some some uh, border even though there was not any uh, but basically after this quite good startup uh, they chose me for world cup in finland and then it was followed by uh, joining the sprint discipline in uh, world champs in estonia where i supposed to run maybe in the beginning also sprint relay but in the end it was just an individual sprint race uh, but still, let's say that I would say I was some kind of um, like this uh, member, but uh, someone who just wanted to take for the sprint discipline so far and not be like already putting me to this big senior level. So for me, all, all the time, the main goals, it was JVOX. Uh, so this uh, international events and seniors, yeah, it was just something like extra for me. Uh, and to be honest, also two years ago when there was uh, just forest, first forest world champs in Norway, I uh, shouldn't attend it. Like my, my main goal was Chevok again. And then uh, we we were on the way to the Norway with, uh, with junior team uh, for the training camp and to be as a spectator of the world champs and to cheer up Czech team. And we were on the way there already on the ferry and I just got a call and it was a call from the head coach of Czech team. And he just called me like, ah, Teresa, how are you feeling? Like, are you just resting after JVOG, like chilling or you are also training a bit? And I say like, yeah, I'm like still like training. Like, you know, I need to be training every day. So I'm keeping my shape, myself in some shape. So he just say, okay, so, so we are counting with you now as a substitute because one, one girl, she got sick just before JVOG and there was not so many other other girls who could just come so they kind of used it I was on already on the way and then I joined the team and I was just as a substitute and it was still like depending on the results of the girls uh, who will be in the relay team and the girls even this I think it was middle distance just before relay it doesn't matter but all of the girls from the Czech team they run pretty good I would say so I was like in the arena like cheering for them and saying okay like it's nice to be part of it to be cheering um, but to be also a bit involved into the team and to be like kind of taking this like small nervosity for them and I was helping them with cooking and I was really enjoying to be a part of team but still not like running and after this like just race before the relay like, coach just announced me like but Teresa you will run you will run tomorrow, you will run relay and you will, and you will run last leg. Yeah. So just get ready. And oh I, was my gosh. <laughs> I was just standing there because like, I haven't spent so much time in Norwegian terrain. Like, of course I did some trainings in this year, uh, in this week just before, <laughs> but not, not so much. So yeah, like I would say that just a few days before running this relay, I, I already got the feeling that I am a bit understanding the terrain. I know how to be using compass there. It's fine. 
So this was a pretty challenging for me, but in the same time, I just feel it that I can do it. Like I really felt like I'm ready for it. And yeah, then in the end, like I think it ended up really well um, that I was also like starting in a pack fighting for the medal and I managed pretty good first forking uh, part. And then there was just a problem that on the longer route choice after, after arena passage, I, I twisted my ankle a bit and felt. So I lost the pack of the girls. So then it was just, just by myself to like try to manage it well. And we, we ended up fifth which was like uh, the best results in past five, four or five years, I would say. So yeah, it was, it was funny. So it's, uh, it was my first also like start in the forest discipline for Czech senior team. Nice. nice. Yeah. And the, the night before, yeah, just, just go, just start. That's wow. With like no Easy. preparation. Yeah. Like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I would say that maybe this year I'm even like more stressed for running a relay than I was in Norway <laughs> because I think I am maybe also like overthinking it, you know, like this two years ago, it was just, just an evening before, like, okay, let's go for it. There is no time to be nervous basically. <laughs> but this time, you know, like you already, didn't know a bit you're, I know more more of the girls there and uh, it's more like yeah I'm thinking about it how everything can go and it's all this speculation which are nice sometimes but also in the other hand it can bring you it, it like uh, not the best feelings let's say but still it's sport it's orienteering and I'm super excited about running running each uh, also these teams uh, disciplines mm, mm. and how long have you been kind of when did you start focusing on training for this world championships because obviously you know and it's been around for a bit and but when did you kind of start going right I need to start thinking about what what training I'm doing specifically for this world champs for this world champs like I would say that uh, all my training it's not like anything so specific just for this uh for this world champs like of course we have done a lot of training camps with Czech team in the past years um so this is like kind of this specific uh for example physical preparation and also like technical one but otherwise if i would say like my past winter uh i've i've been training in like kind of classic routine like nothing really special uh we have spent some uh time in kenya as well and the truth is that I maybe I can say that I moved into the arena of work uh, last September. Uh, but the truth is, yeah, mostly like because of having opportunity to spend more time in the sandstones because uh, I was born in a different part of Czech Republic and we don't have we don't have even forests there. So not even like sandstones, <laughs> I would say. So I was super excited to have a chance to be training also like weekly in a sense. So not just when we have a training camp, but the truth is that just when we moved in, like uh, soon I, I caught a COVID and then there was this special rules from IOF that we were not allowed to train in the official work arena. Uh, yeah. The truth is that... Uh, like I would say that organizers of work, they were pretty... Um, kind to us that they open uh, such a big amount of official training uh, arenas so it yeah it means that there is like for each specific terrain there was like six different training maps even more but then suddenly when they ban it there was no any forest for us mm. <laughs> which was like a good map uh, so yeah then it was still the period when I could do some orienteering training before because it was still before the winter but because of this rule, like I was even not, yeah, not allowed to go to the forest. And then there was already winter and snow and then six weeks in Kenya. So I would say that some kind of this really specific preparation just start after like coming back to Kenya. So which was the end of the March. But then there was again like European champs and some like more sprint preparation. So uh, I, I think, yeah, for me, it's just this kind of overall, overall preparing for like all season um, in both way and the technical part of the special preparation for this World Champs, it's done by this training camp and then also like this, uh, yeah, dry preparation mostly. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe you're going to be pleased that it's not the first 
major international back after the break for COVID. Um, obviously, you were at the European Championships over in Switzerland, as you said, um, which looked like a great few days of racing. And I think particularly for you, maybe the uh, the knockout sprint was a pretty epic one. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Hall of Champs was crazy, crazy. Like, um, I just realized uh, on the way back that there was not so many people running all the program, like full, ske- full schedule with the all of the round of cow sprint, which is pretty tough. And it was mostly mostly this, this day uh, because of the weather and all this tight schedule with the timing. So, yeah, it was something... Um, yeah especially this cow sprint so if i would just say it uh, yeah it was it started like chilling nothing because the first race was in the afternoon so this classic morning that you still have like enough time to do some like before breakfast activities some stretching and everything and then like you are just thinking like how much you should eat for the lunch and yeah then you are just like also like predicting how much like how many runs you can you can be in and how it everything will go and yeah then there was so there was this weather mostly it was quite I would say pretty tough or I just felt it because this uh, warming up arena it was just near the lake and there it was crazy wind there and it was also raining as well so um yeah, this was, it was quite hard for me to kind of like really get ready like warm up properly. Uh, and this uh, quarterfinal, it went pretty well, or I could felt, even though I had really problem uh, in the first part, there was this small butterfly in the park. And as I was in a five heat, I think, uh, it was already like all, all of the six heat of the men's running and then us as a woman's and we had all the same course. So in this like first part in the park, it was pretty slippery because everyone was just running the same, same way. So yeah, there was this uh, common control. And from this, there was just like uh, five big highways (laughs) of blood, like muddy, muddy highways. And everyone was just like slipping there. Uh, So it was like uh, also crazy for me because after this part, I, I, I was fifth and I knew that if I want to go, um if i going to be like selecting and go for another round i need to be third but then uh and there was a part around the castle i managed to to get again good speed and get in front of the girls and i felt it that yeah it will it will be this third spot for me and it was like this uh but then of course pretty tough semi-final is coming yeah really tough. <laughs> really dramatic one for you <laughs> yeah and you know like i also already know the girls and yeah i would say that already just when you of course it's orienting so you cannot predict anything everything can happen but i knew already that it will be tough because there is everyone is pretty strong and it went like this and i would say that i uh i would i used some small tactic of uh yeah, cow tactic for cow sprint, which was in this last part when uh, when all the race was going on, and I bit knew how how it's going, like who is like feeling really strong. You know, you, you are like feeling this kind of pressure that someone someone is already like really suffering, but you mm-hmm. can feel that some people around you they have still this potential to speed up. So I say like, yeah, okay, just keep the good position and then try to uh, get ready for the last part, which is the most important part for a cow sprint. And I just tried something what works in the end. And it was just this tactic that I bit kind of used the others because it was obvious that this like last arena in the city is already the same after the, after the safe self-choice basically. Uh, but I still like use the others just in the way like still I knew that we are going somewhere but instead of like having for example double look for the one control I had I used this one look to head to the control ahead so I managed to map all three last control and kind of remember it by my heart and then there was this kind of crucial moment in the like like yeah last control or pre-last control and it was the moment when when we were punching it we were there like Four, four, yeah, four, four, almost in like yeah, one second, 
And I just saw that the girls, they kind of, they needed to have the look into the map where to go. And I knew that basically, yeah, after punching it just first right and then just straight. So I didn't did this look and it was just crazy to realize how much this uh, one small look, quick look to the map, how much it can give you. And that's how I won like one and a half meter in advance. And I could just stay in this front position and just push it in the end. So yeah. it was really, really tough to like, yeah, really realize that in cow sprint, there is no, no any time for any small hesitation. And yeah, it's just, then of course, it's a bit shame that you are like running in the peg and you know, everyone is a bit like active. Then there can be always someone who is like the most active, like trying to be in the, in the, in front. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's this like, I still, I, even though like I have attended and I was like in World Cup in Switzerland and also this, this time I was in the final. So I have experienced enough, enough uh, cows, cow, cow, cow rounds, I would say. But still, it's such a new discipline and I'm still not sure if I really <laughs> like it because it's like <laughs> there is like so, so many like different moments which can just decide all the race. And yeah, then uh, this semi-final, it's even more tough that there are just two, two going, going down. Mm, two here, going so. through, yeah. It's cr- and, and you were in a, you in a packed heat with um, Eleanor Ross, who could well have yeah. won it, or um, Lena Strand, Carolyn Olsen. And, and yeah, it was such a, I remember that one just being really, really dramatic. <laughs> like one of the, like that was the best semi-final in terms of drama. <laughs> yeah that's true (laughs) I I have heard it from many people like uh, also after and after like Teresa okay it doesn't matter about the rest of the result but the semi-final it was the best show I have seen (laughs) okay it's a big pleasure for me that I'm part of it but of course then like I don't know it's I'm like (laughs) it's a sport but uh, for example Elena she was like also pretty active the same with Caroline and Lena but the truth is that not like, uh, fortunately, like, I don't want to say it, but they made a mistake, which is something like, yeah, in our interim, there are mistakes. So that's why we are losing. And it's normal. But for example, for Elena, then it was just, uh, yeah, about like, you need to have this final speed for the end. And this is something what's really important for the cow. And I was like, said that uh, then it's just two girls and someone's someone is loser in this fight and I still don't know if I like you know and then there is not even time to process it like I was pretty amazed that like yeah I was in I was in final which is like really really cool because you already know that you are top six and it can be just better but I just arrived and uh, I even didn't have time to talk to the coach and suddenly someone from organizers just came to me like, oh yeah, by the way, like congratulations, but do you know that you are starting in 22 minutes and there is a call up like <laughs> minus eight. So you should be like in 15 minutes in the, like another call up start, which oh, and it still meant like, I don't know, something around 1K from the arena to the quarantine. And then from the quarantine to call up, it was 800 meters. So I just say, okay, so I have like around one and a half, 2K running now and I need to be there in 15 minutes. So let's go. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. It was like raining again and it was again windy and the pre-call start and it was like I even didn't have time to like I was thinking about changing the shoes because I, I slipped again in the semi-final as well but not not so much as in final then so I was thinking about like taking different shoes even though it's it was not a problem of the shoes because every shoes are really like think mm-hmm. on this uh, but there was no time like there was not even time for me to like properly drink or eat something <laughs> so this is something what I really need to think about to next next cow events that it's really important this kind of thinking about the whole time schedule because I I just didn't realize it, that there will not be any time for me after a semi-final to final if I will go there let's say mm-hmm. so yeah and then it, it's uh it was also like kind of it was small excuses from the physio what he said me after the final that uh, I I shouldn't be said that the girls they had more time like not not all of not all of them there was also Vilma Vilma from my heat but that 
just difference like 10 or 20 minutes if someone has more between the between the races that it's a lot it's a lot and it's a big time for regenera- regeneration of all the body but yeah still it's not excuse for me <laughs> it's like it just ended up like this uh, but I think yeah also this kind of time schedule it's something really important part of all of this cow cow stuff happening around so there is a lot of stuff to think to be ready a lot of different like tactics and self-choosing and yeah this <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean it's great to hear you explain all of that because I think sometimes as a spectator you just see the races and then you don't really appreciate like how that there is going on behind it and all the i'm stressed just hearing it yeah and and yeah the stress (laughs) and the the self-choice and they're having to like recover in between every single race and you Mm -hmm. end up clocking so many kilometers on a a knockout sprint day just from all the warming up you know if you manage to get the whole way through that it's just yeah it's a lot it's really is a lot Um, so I want to ask you quickly about, um, cause you mentioned it a couple of times about when, you, how you started orienteering, because if you said you started aged 13, 14, you were the first person in your family to do so. I think, you know, I imagine a lot of your teammates are, you know, have grown up doing orienteering maybe for a bit longer or have parents who started and things like that. So how, why did you first get into orienteering? How did it start? <laughs> so um it can be long story but i would make some long story <laughs> long story short uh basically um yeah i'm really keen in uh, all type of sports since i'm a kid uh thanks to my parents but i have never been like this really ambitious type of person like i need to uh, be the champ- world champion like go to olympics like for me it was always like just about enjoying it and having this pleasure from uh, doing a sport uh so like my first uh some bigger attach with the sport was uh swimming when i was just like three years old and then uh, started to play golf when i was a fifth and uh yeah doing all this small time of uh, activities but then uh when i was around eight i started with uh, playing basketball and it lasts for seven years so till my 13 13 14 yeah something like this and uh, I, I was really into it and it was really cool uh, also this nice combination of like some uh, physical uh, endurance and like this acceleration in the same time it was like team sport and I really like this team spirit uh, and I was compensating being indoor uh, during playing basketball by playing sports uh, playing golf outside which is not like real sport for me but it was nice nice activity I would say uh, but then um, yeah when I was 13 like our team started to be falling apart a bit and I, I missed this feeling of good team spirit and yeah I was not just feeling really comfortable inside and I was play like yeah thinking what should I do next and I, I think I just quit the quit the team in the um, like during the winter. So it was the middle of school year. So I was just playing, planning to do like uh, different sport activities till the end of uh, school year. And then when the new school year will start, I can sign up for some school course, like school, yeah, school um, maybe as yeah, some sport. Uh, but then suddenly we had um, there was one project called orienteering into schools which is really good uh, i think though like in went uh, orienteering more into the public and basically it's just uh, people from my region they uh, they organize some small like training for the for the school in uh, for the people in the school and uh, i could attend it and i i was like pretty good there already so the the main organizer just asked me if i don't want to join orienteering but it was still the time when i was a bit in the basketball so i just say him like no sorry i have my basketball like no 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 orienteering it's now like 
even though I really like it, like this map and everything, but I was still like basketball, basketball. But then when the team was falling apart, I was thinking what to do. And my mom just came to me like, but Teresa, so go and try it orienting because you were like running. I can see it. And I say, yeah, that's true. I really like running, but I, I was not so much into uh, doing track and field because you are just on a stadium mostly <laughs> so I say I can try orienteering and that's then just when she said it suddenly we found some local race which was just happening next weekend and I attend this race and I completely fall in love with this and I founded it as a like perfect balance uh, of like a physical mental part also like being outside but still being in a really good community of the people um so yeah so yeah. that's like this and the rest is history <laughs> the rest is history you fell there in you love go. and you went on and then now you are competing at a home world championships <laughs> um, which is very exciting so um like one final question from me is you know what are you five days till the world championships what are your plans for the next five days what are you what kind of final trainings are you doing and what are you doing to kind of relax as well <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think that the basically main main work to Holy World Champs was already done, and now you can I cannot catch anything. So I also did the last trade like training in the forest uh, past past week. Uh, I also joined the Swiss team for some training, so it was really cool that I could have got this opportunity. And over the weekend, it was mostly about resting. Now I still, I'm still continuing in resting mode. And now like tomorrow and Wednesday, I have just to like starting training, um, like nothing special, just small like intervals, but really this kind of trainings, which are not uh, making you really tired after, but just to start your body. Um, so yeah, it's just, just this, like just starting training and then uh, rest uh rest on first day actually i'm going to capital to do press conference oh. I'm also oh, nice. really excited <laughs> because it will be my first press conference so i really don't know what to expect but it will be cool <laughs> and yeah then just after this press conference doing pcr and staying staying alone at home and then we have a gathering just friday so just the day before gathering on the accreditation doing a uh, model events and yeah then saturday it's day to go so yeah like basically now it's just about getting ready also like finishing some um, dry preparation because uh, last bulletin fort was just published today mm -hmm. or during the night so there is some inf like information to know so we can also like think more about some course setting and yeah all this uh, normal classic classic uh, pre pre racist stuff <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> here's the top picks to uh for people to watch out for um next week who do you think is going to win other than yourself <laughs> <laughs> ah like i really hope in middle of portugal republic to be honest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need to mention it sorry i need to <laughs> you know it's quite long a long time since the last since the last medal and then like i think we like yeah even though it will be pretty pretty tough and challenging champs uh and each discipline will be a bit special by itself but still i think that the worst world best athletes they are ready for anything so they are even ready for this um we were just uh, making jokes uh if the tobe will finally join men's category <laughs> <laughs> she did do a men's race the other day didn't she yeah and like, beat to like eighth <laughs> exactly and also just before this race uh she also joined some training with our team and she already ran with the men's and yeah oh. <laughs> yeah she might so, but yeah nothing against her i think she's just again in super great shape and i'm just like wondering how much uh how much uh time <laughs> she can be in the winning spot let's say but yeah like i i don't want to be mentioning anyone exactly like i think there is a lot of this speculation and like yeah basically i think that this top athletes and everyone knows who is in this uh, in this field like i think they will be aiming for the medals as well but as i say i pretty hope for some medals for czech republic and overall like good good result uh, like i would say that 
yeah, even the, yeah, like most, most of the time we are just thinking about like getting a medal, but I think top 10 or top six, it's already like really amazing. And there is a, there is a lot of, a lot of athletes attending again. And I, it could be really cool also if there will be someone from um, not a big nations uh, taking some medal as, mm-hmm. uh, for example, Yannick did at, uh, at the European yeah. Champs. It's always nice to see uh, that also some other nation is taking a medal, even though like, yeah, nothing against big nations. <laughs> uh, it's always nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always, always nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we just have to say good luck to you uh, for luck. the world champs. Yeah. Oh, so good luck to um, Teresa. Thanks for, you know, to her for taking some time out of her schedule before World Champs to come and have a chat to us and really to to everybody going to take part in the World Champs, but particularly the Brits who are going to be cheering on. I'll be silently cheering you on from the commentary box. Um, and so, yeah, best of luck to everybody heading yeah, to the World Championships. And we'll try and do a little um in a couple of in the, the next full podcast we'll try and bring you a roundup of what has happened and um, that's pretty much it from this episode uh, will i think you have a word from our sponsors yeah we do so obviously we're sponsored by mv and straight compass I mean, compasses and we talk a lot about the mv shoes because um shoe technology is so kind of big and uh, important in today's running world and uh but we don't talk too much about compasses so straight compasses is um it's one of our partners and i think key for world champs absolutely key as Catherine was saying for some of the uh some of the terrains in the middle distance nailing those boulders nailing those rocks so that's what i would be using if i was out there um <laughs> full faith in that and a magnifier as well and the mag i was using yeah. the magnifiers on the straight compass in the late strip to the one fifteen thousand map on high dam and it was a it was a godsend in parts so um if you're looking for a bit more uh, zooming in on your orienteering maps on a larger scale or a good compass, check out nvstraight.uksales at gmail.com. That's N-V-I-I-S-T-R and the number 8.uksales at gmail.com and they can hook you up. Thanks very much. That will. Um, that, as we said, that is pretty much the end of this episode. Uh, we're going to be back for our sprint episode with um, Teresa Yanashikova, which will fall mid world championships. Um, so we recorded that a few days ago, so it won't reflect um, quite how well or how um, how badly. I don't know how how she's done. How well? How well? How well? There we go. Um, but we will be back again, as I said, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Then with our big uh, wrap up of everything from the world champs. We'll see you then.